Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When we see the Earth from space, we see ourselves as a whole. We see the unity, and not the divisions. It is such a simple image. With a compelling message, one planet, one human race. We are here together, and we need to live together, with tolerance and respect. We must become global citizens. I have been enormously privileged, through my work, to be able to contribute to our understanding of the universe. But it would be an empty universe indeed, if it were not for the people I love, and who love me. We are all time travelers, journeying together into the future. But let us work together to make that future a place we want to visit. Be brave, be determined, overcome the odds. It can be done. Welcome, it's your Let's Fix Football. This is your host, Gabe Lesnar, and we are on BalloonDorder.com. My co-host, Evan Matier. What's going on, dude? How are you doing? I'm all right. I was uh, traveling to San Francisco last week, saw some friends, got out of Laredo. I'm home now. Always nice to get oh, out. <laughs> Charlie wants to say hi. Hi, Charlie. Um, it's good. Yep, yeah, our, our, our sometimes co-host, Charlie. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to get started. Yeah. Talk some football. A lot of stupid shit happened while I was gone. A lot of stupid shit happened. I mean, and you know, just while we're on the topic of dogs, like shout out to the um, awesome March Madness uh, thing that went down where the uh, the Golden Retrievers beat. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, the 16 seat beat a one seat for the, in the in the men's tournament. The first time ever that happened. That ruled because they their mascot was a Golden Retriever, which is the best. So I'm not clear. Is it a golden retriever or is it a Chesapeake Bay oh, it's retriever? Oh, Chesapeake Bay retriever. Because huh? yeah, because because that's the state dog of Maryland, and it's University of Maryland Baltimore College or oh, Baltimore yeah. County. And this is so cool, by the way, because so I'm from the Baltimore area, um, as you know, but listeners might not. So I grew up up there, and like UMBC is like, I mean, it's I mean, it's not a bad school. I'm not shitting on the school at all, but it's kind of it's not like you know, obviously not a normal basketball power. It's kind of just like a, a state commuter school. Like it's a, it does really good stuff and you know helps a lot of people access higher education. But then to see them, you know, this <laughs> you know little state commuter school fucking take down Virginia, you that know, ruled. not just a not just a basketball powerhouse, but also no offense, Virginia alum, kind of like a haughty. You know, old school out in Charlottesville, very elite institution. It was just all so good. And then to have it be not they didn't just like eke out a win. They fucking blew them out of the fucking building. Yeah, I mean, like this is like the school that Thomas Jefferson started and all this shit. Yeah. Like, it's so cool that that and they got beat up, beat up. They didn't just lose. They got beat up, folks, by 20 yeah. points. It's not a That's a beat down. And it was cool. Yeah. It was really cool because they, they don't play. Virginia never played a particularly interesting style of ball. And like they couldn't really score but they always did better on defense. But if the problem is if the other team's hitting all their shots and you don't know how to play offense, which is basically what Virginia's whole shtick is, uh, you're going to get fucked. And that's, that's what that, happened. That is 100% why like defense does not win you NCAA championships because you know the way these small teams win, and they know it, you win by jacking threes and hitting enough of them. Yep. And you have to play so many games in the NCAA tournament that eventually you're going to hit a hot team and you're going to need to you're going to need to score. Right. You're going to need to be able to outscore somebody eventually. And Virginia just happened to find that hot team the first game. Yeah. But Virginia was never built to score to keep up with these teams like defensive ball just doesn't do it in a single elimination tournament uh, like the NCAA tournament, which is why it's so good. And like if, if European people are watching or listening 
the NCAA tournament, you probably hear this a million times from Americans. It is like, it is everything that England thinks the FA Cup is, but it really isn't. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. It's the single best. Like, I don't watch college basketball all year, and then I watch the tournament. It's the single best American sporting event that that we put on. It's just great. Yeah, I, I think that's probably right. Um, It, it also, I mean... You know, and that's that's uh, really cool that we've started this this uh, soccer show, but with <laughs> with with our basketball takes. But just if you'll indulge me one more second, I I think it's also really cool with the March Madness stuff that it's less commercialized than the football because, like, yeah. one of the things about the Super Bowl, which is like the really like the gala event of American sports, is that it's like two thirds about ads and like it's like not even hidden at this point anymore. It's like people watch that shit like half half for the ads. Uh, half for or like you know, two fourth for the for the halftime show, and then it maybe you'll care about the games. A lot of the time, people don't really care about the games, which is like pretty like I don't know, pretty dumb. Yeah, it's it it is just all drowned out by the spectacle, right? And so the spectacle just completely subsumes the the actual game. And sometimes you get really good games, um, you know, like you had with the stupid fucking Patriots comeback. Um, yeah. you know, you, you can get really good games and even this year's game was really good, but, um, but, but it, I never enjoy good Super Bowls like just as a fan yeah. uh, because of how much it's subsumed by the spectacle. But when you're able to sit down and watch, I, I watched pretty much the whole UMBC game, um, ever since I saw that they were, you know, kind of catching up in the, in the first half and like you just, you can just get a good sports viewing experience there that's not you know you don't have to sit through a 40 minute you know justin timberlake halftime nonsense to just enjoy the sport yeah exactly uh okay so let's 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 actually you know let's talk let's talk about some sports because we had some interesting uh you know some some actual like sports anyone listens to this show for uh so we've got uh first thing that i wanted to bring up was i think just the continue the uh, avalanche of awesome MLS stuff uh, with respect to the CONCACAF Champions League. So once again, uh, MLS has placed two teams in the, uh, in the final four of the CONCACAF Champions League. And it's you know very possible that um, we will get an MLS winner of the CONCACAF Champions League. It's not like super likely, but it's also not you know much more likely this year than it has been previously. Yeah, I mean, I, I, they've been checking off a lot of milestones, MLS, in the CONCACAF Champions League this year. So you've had milestones like the first team to like beat a Mexican side in Mexico, I think, was one of the milestones checked off. And there's a few others, too. And it's it, it's really exciting just because the CCL for so long had been a running joke about how it's kind of just another Mexican League Cup. Uh, you know, all the all the MLS teams would just go out in the group stages usually or, you know, early in the knockout rounds and and really just get steamrolled. And, you know, that was it was pretty obvious why there was just a huge gap in quality between MLS and the Mexican sides. Um, I think like I don't think you want to overstate the teams doing better, but you also don't want to understate it. Like there have been uh, leaps of quality in MLS. I think it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to deny that the, the sides are, that they're putting out are just better. I think the biggest improvement is just in depth. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're playing, you know, they have better players down deeper in the squad. And so they're, you know, able to put out better midweek sides. Which I, mean, is, you know, I, I think it's really good that MLS stopped playing really bad goalkeepers intentionally so that everyone would score more. I think that's well, that, like really important. That's the really crucial thing is so, you know, they, 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 you know, when you aren't just manipulating your off your, your audience by, you know, completely tanking games in order to have high scoring games that Americans can follow, then you're able to put out better sides. So we're joking about the uh, pundit Alvarito Morales, uh, who went on, I, I, can't, I think this looks like ESPN um, Deportes and started just went on this amazing, uh, uh, amazing rant about how actually, uh, the reason that all the Mexican, like, um, like the Mexican people, were particularly surprised by the results is that, uh, well, actually, <laughs> MLS teams play terrible goalkeepers so that they can increase the score of the matches, which is, you know, pretty funny. I, I mean, I, I have to tell you, like, at if you had asked me this like five years ago and someone had told me this, it wouldn't have shocked me. But it also because I didn't follow MLS, I don't know anything about it. But like, I, I will, I will say that. 
it, it is indicative of like the <laughs> the kind of general feeling of the world towards MLS, which which I I think is changing largely because of the last couple of years and how how much better the league has looked. But still, like the the world does not have a great you know a great impression of MLS, and this um, Abra Morales is. Uh, uh, comments kind of underscore the kind of extreme end that people <laughs> will go to when they're trying to figure out like or, or at least analyze uh, MLS in the context of its relationship with Liga MX. Yeah, so I think you're right. I think I think that there you know MLS has been a joke like forever and that's only going to change with performances on the pitch. The problem is that there's going to be, as MLS gets better, a time where people still think they're a joke because they ha- you know, the performances haven't quite happened yet. And so there's going to be a disconnect between what people think of MLS, that they're just a joke lead that puts out bad goalkeepers to increase goal scoring to try to get people to watch, and what's actually on the field, which is increasingly better and better sides who are able to whip up on some of the Mexican sides in the, in the CCL. And the end result of that disconnect, at least for a little while, is really, really, really confused Mexican League fans who are trying to figure out why they're getting played off the pitch by a team sponsored by an energy drink. Well, yeah, and that, I mean, I'm still a little bit shocked by that. But that speaking of that, actually, um, Red Bull uh, Salzburg, I'm pretty sure, won against uh, Bayern over the weekend. Yeah. So that's another team sponsored by an energy drink. Uh, yeah, so – but here's what we, we can also say, though, Evan, is that um, uh, MLS is not the most competitive league in the world. And the reason that we're bringing that up – and I here's the thing. Um, Alexi Lalas apparently said this on his podcast. I um, – So I don't know I about you. Not, listen I, to his I, podcast. Yeah, so I, so, I've made the same decision, and we were talking about this a little bit when I when we were talking about this quote. I made the same decision that I decided not to give old Alexi a download. Yeah, I just I will listen to his show when he listens to this show. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> right. I won't, like, and I'm I don't I don't feel at all like I uh, am obligated to um uh uh I'm, I'm obligated uh to listen to Alexi's show to make sense of this quote because i think that we can probably guess what the basic contours uh of of uh what the basic contours are of why he would say something like this and it's like the kind of you know back in the day evan we had this discussion about like how american regulations basically cr- tr- at least tried to make a uh, a competitive league. So the, one of the reasons why you see like salary caps and stuff in the United States is you're trying to to create a league where any every team feels like this might be their year every year. Whereas like if you're in a league that has super teams, if you're you know the most that you can hope for if you're like Girona or whatever is to maybe make it into the Europa League or whatever. And like, but that's still a win and all this stuff. But yeah, so like American, the league is trying to make it feel like any team has their shot though. Let's be frank, it do- it still doesn't really work that way. Yeah, so the number one reason I didn't want to listen to the podcast for this, because it's like just, he, this is a new podcast, by the way. And this is so obviously just ridiculous yeah. clickbait to try to get you to download. Like, obviously, as you said, MLS values parity. They put rules in place to you know, enforce parity and the statistics do show that there is a lot of movement there. Not even you can just look anecdotally people going first to last, last to first, that type of thing. Like it's just a lot of movement to who's in the playoffs, who's out of the playoffs to say that all of this makes the league in a meaningful sense. Competitive is really stupid. I think that I think that the right word is parity. I think I'm willing to say that there's parity and I'm willing to say that it's like, you know, there's, there's a lot of kind of chaos and change in the standings. It's an unstable league in a sense. Um, but competitiveness, I, I would want some part of an analysis of competitiveness, competitiveness to include quality. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, and I, again, if we, cared enough to listen to Alexi's show which again I just won't uh, we, maybe that he goes into a little bit better version of why this argument makes any sense at all because generally like but here's the thing right I would imagine that the Chinese Super League is actually extreme like has a lot of parody or maybe it doesn't I don't know there've got to be terrible shitty leagues all around the world that have some amount of you know high levels of parody because they're so bad you know and like right. it just any team can fluke into winning the league that year because they're like semi-pro players. 
Right. It might be less that MLS is the most competitive league that anybody cares about so much as it's just the shittiest league that anybody cares about. <laughs> and it turns out there's a bunch of other shitty leagues that nobody cares about. Well, that's and the they're thing. all really, quote unquote, competitive, too. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, I bet, like, you know, the and like, you know, no disrespect. Chilean second division. Yeah. Or like the fucking Canadian league. I don't even know if they yeah. have one. Right. Like, But I bet that shit is terrible. <laughs> right. So like yeah. I, I don't know I don't I mean just it's it it seems like on either side of what competitiveness competitiveness means it, this isn't making much sense to me but you know what Alexi um come on uh, let's fix football and talk about it we're happy to have you um, so I want to um, kind of close out this MLS segment. Um, by talking a little bit of Evan about some news that broke basically right after we finished recording last week, which is that MLS and Liga Emekis have signed a long-term partnership that will include a Super Cup, which is what we were literally talking about earlier this year. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm really excited. So I know that this has gotten some um, kind of some, I don't know, negative reactions on Twitter with people kind of like, isn't that what the Champions League is for? The Champions League is literally the champions of, you know, the various North American, um, you know, federations playing. And yeah, the Champions League is that. But I think... We still and, also have Super Cups on top of the Champions League. Yeah, they League, still though. have Super Cup on top of the Champions League. Absolutely. And, you know, the idea of making sure that even in a time where maybe MLS teams aren't cracking into the Champions League final yet you still have this kind of test between MLS and Liga MX. That's, I think that's really cool. I think it's a really exciting match. Oh yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm and, psyched to watch it. I'm, I can't wait for like those. I mean, it's going to be a two leg thing, which it's gotta be right. Um, and I can't wait to watch those away legs for the MLS team suffering, like in the Azteca or whatever, like yeah. that, that rules. Yeah, and I think it's also going to have, you know, it's going to be sort of uh, two rounds, too, because I know I think that the way that Mexico was going to choose their representative is the winner of the league and the winner of the cup are going to play to decide who represents them in the Super Cup. And I don't know if the ML if MLS is going to do a similar thing between like the champion and supporters uh a shield or something like that. I'm not sure that all the details are worked out. I would um, imagine that, that MLS would want to follow suit, but that's annoying. I, I, I actually with, they would just choose one of each. Um, Logan is in here with me, by the way. So he says, hi, Logan, can you not do that, please? Um, but yeah, so that's, that kind of rounds out our MLS stuff. Basically today, we have a bunch of other, uh, uh, things that we want to talk about and get to let's to, um, quickly, uh, to, to, to kind of bridge the gap into Europe. Let's just quickly throw it out um, to the Greek League. Um, not exactly a league I follow very much. They're occasionally um, in the Champions League, so we know about Panathinaikos or whatever. Um, but yeah, so the Greek Super League match between PAOK and AEK Athens was postponed uh, after the owner of AEK... Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. After the owner of PAOK rushed onto the pitch with his gun uh, after a late goal was disallowed. Yeah, so this is a man who, who went to a soccer match, and he's not just strapped. Like, you know, he's, he's not just packing heat. It's like right there on his hip, in his holster, a big fat revolver. And he's fucking running out there pissed off about something. And I, I just wonder if at any point... He started wondering, why is everybody freaking out? Why are they running away from me? <laughs> they just forgot he had his gun on him. <laughs> forgot that he's fucking loaded and <laughs> running out there. Like, I mean, he didn't, he didn't draw the gun. So I guess that's good. But he didn't, like, actually draw the gun on the referee because that would have been some really crazy shit. But the, the image of this dude just with his like he's got like a button down tucked into his jeans with a fucking revolver and a revolver and a holster. Just a beautiful image of absolute madness. Yeah, it is absolutely insane. And it, it's, what really got me the when I first heard about it, my, the, the, what I heard was like, there's no way this happened. But then I, I followed and I found out this was actually like relatively uh, you know, respectable sites we were reporting. And then it was like, got a write up with pictures and you just see the gun. It's right there. And like, I thought he'd rushed on like waving the gun around, which had been funnier. But like in this case, it's actually like kind of scarier because like you, you get the sense that he could reach for that shit at any moment. I mean, it was, I mean, this is awesome. This rules. This is exactly the kind of story that I want to see. I like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm on, the, I'm team crazy dude. Like, 
if you're uh, the owner of a team and you see a disallowed goal, I mean, I think it kind of rules to rush onto the pitch like a crazy drunken uh, ultra. I mean, it's uh, kind of cool. I mean, I was I was totally down with it, except for everything is crazy and people are crazy. And this is a world where, like, referees have been decapitated yeah. on soccer pitches before. And I'm just really worried, like, the next time he just starts fucking shooting people yeah, or, like, just... impale someone with the corner flag. And that all seems really not great. Although, as we've seen in the previous show, using the corner flag to defend yourself has been a, a useful and used move by people. Well, so. you, corner flags don't impale people. People impale people. <laughs> we only way to stop a, a bad guy with a corner flag corner is flag, a, good a good guy, guy with, with a with corner a... flag. <laughs> exactly. Uh, or, or an owner of the team with a gun. Right, that's a good point. But this dude, yeah, I mean, like, that's totally right. I mean, look, it's hell world. Everything's terrible. And having people, like crazy people having guns is just bad generally. So maybe don't have a gun if you're the type of person who could get really nuts and run onto the pitch and try to fight the referee. Maybe don't. Um, so in in other European news, obviously it was the Champions League um, draw happened. Uh, obviously, I want to quickly take a laugh at Manchester United again um, for going out against Sevilla, which was, you know... <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. And it's one of those things that for me just it, it just capped off what, what was otherwise like a kind of mediocre week. But like that, that was so good, Evan. Like it's just a pure schadenfreude I have about that. It's just, ah. Oh. <laughs> so I enjoyed it to the extent that everyone was laughing at Spurs for losing a tough match because of seven bad minutes of football against Juventus, who was a you know several time Champions League runner up and you know was the best team in Italy and is going to be a champion, et cetera, et cetera. And then United fucking just shit out to Sevilla and look like listless crap for the entire match. And can't they just didn't even bother to show up. And I I should probably be angry at how bad the counter narratives are but i kind of enjoy just exposing the hypocrisy of united obsessed english media um yeah, and so it's right? fun just watching them not have the same narrative of oh is Mourinho gonna bolt to a bigger club where he can actually win they completely bottled it blah 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 yeah it rules it rules uh especially because i mean look as we have said before i think united has a, in with a shout in terms of worst fan bases out there you they, yeah like they, and they have really distinguished themselves this year with the amount of shit that they're talking to every other group of people, despite the fact that their team has just bottled it the entire season. Not, it's They are not good. They're just not good. Yeah, and, they, and they're not good despite investing just a goddamn truckload, uh, of, uh, a huge truckload full of sacks with dollar signs on them, like, like just dumping that shit right into Mourinho's pants. I just literally die every time Mourinho says that they can't keep up with the spending of City. I'm like, what the fuck are you literally you talking about? For a while, Pogba was the most expensive player in the world. And yeah, that like, that what are you talking about? Rules. Like, that's really cool. And like, partially, like he has to, he has to say shit like that because he wants his people to spend more money. But like, uh, as we've detailed in, in just excruciating detail, it just doesn't make a difference if the people that you, you purchase with that money aren't good and like, or, or aren't as good as you need them to be, or don't function in a coherent unit. The first of all, the first Madrid Galacticos project proved that second of all, uh, trying to recreate that Galacticos project is a dumb idea in the modern market where everything is third, like fucking 10 times more expensive than it was. We Real Madrid got the Ballon d'Or winning Ronaldo, uh, for for like 50 million euros and that was the most in the world at that point yeah i i don't know i'm I, I, the spending thing is weird we've talked about spending a lot on the show it certainly helps to have a shit ton of money to spend pep certainly has shown you know that you can build a fucking death star of a team by spending 500 million you know euros or whatever in one summer but We've talked on the other side of the ledger a million times about how spending well is way more important than just spending. And, you know, Mourinho, I mean, a lot of these players were poorly purchased before he got there. It's not like his transfers have been fantastic since he got there. 
and it's not like his team has been super well managed. So right. um, I would love to know what United fans think at this moment about that little contract extension he signed. And it just gives me a little warm and fuzzy to think of yeah, United suffering for, for two more, <laughs> two, three more years to come. I will also say that um, Real Madrid played uh, in the last two matches. They played against IA bar, which is a tiny team with rocks, like a 7,000 seat stadium in the Basque mountainside. And then this weekend they played against Girona, which is also a tiny team outside of Barcelona. And both of those teams are fighting for European spots right now. And I think it would just absolutely own if Arsenal plays one of them like in their first group stage game, like Arsenal travels to Spain to go to like Iparua to play, you know, a bar in front of 6,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be very fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so at Manchester United, um, you guys need to really dial it back a little bit because pretty insufferable all year on Twitter. Um, Speaking of other insufferable people, Real Madrid um, was drawn against Juve. Both uh, fan bases are extremely insufferable as well. Um, so I wanted to quickly shout out all the shitty pundits who, as soon as this draw happened, uh, picked Juve immediately. Very stupid, by the way. I don't, Very stupid. For the life of me, I don't understand it, especially when Madrid has been consistently proving these same people wrong in the Champions League every single year. They choose... And, like, these are people that chose every single match in the last two years basically against Madrid. They're like, oh, well, they got drawn against PSG. Oh, it choose PSG. Like, well, the year before that, it's like, oh, they got drawn against, you know, Bayern, against Atletico, against whoever. And it's always the other people. And they never bet on Madrid, which is, I mean, it's it's dumb. And it's so weird. Like, I don't get it. It's not like Madrid is, like, you know, Sevilla, right? Like, <laughs> this is like the, the whatever. I'm not like I mean, it's 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 funny because like it's not like I'm actually pissed off about it. But I just that it's just really strange for like in this to be like what seems to me to be a bit of a blind spot for an entire class of pundits. It's dumb. <laughs> it's very dumb. It is very dumb. And speaking of uh, Champions League, obviously Sevilla will be uh, shipping up to Germany. Don't expect them to come out of that, though they are a, you know a fun team. But and the obviously the most interesting match of this group of this stage, Liverpool playing Manchester City. I think that's the most interesting I, match for me. I don't actually think it's that. I actually think Juve Real Madrid's more interesting, and and I'll tell you why. It's mostly because Man City is going to paddle the shit out of Liverpool. <laughs> like they're just they're just not even close to the same level. And City's probably going to have the title, like the league. I mean, it's, the league is already sealed up. They might actually have the trophy in their hands by the time the, uh, um, you know, these ties come around. Wow. And I think the math is right. And so they're they're literally going to rest everybody for the Champions League. And I think if it was less than like four goal lead on aggregate, I'd be pretty surprised. Wow. All right. Well, um, Teddy. Uh, you are more than welcome to uh, shit on Evan uh, as soon as you hear <laughs> this. Um, <laughs> uh, shout out Teddy, um, my friend from high school. Great dude. Big Liverpool supporter. Um, a quick aside, I want to tell you a story about um, Liverpool playing uh, AC Milan in the Champions League a couple years or way, way back, Champions League final. Um, Teddy did not get to watch that match. Uh, but I did because I uh, skipped school because I was a absolute yeah cool because you're a cool kid. Because I'm a cool guy with regular things, and I was skipping school and like drinking beer when I was you know, seventeen. But edgy, edgy, very edgy. Um, and uh, so I got to watch the match, and Teddy, <laughs> I forgot. Or I didn't know if I forgot or not, but Teddy, you have to remind me exactly what happened with this. But I think I texted Teddy to, to say something like, I'm really sorry, bro. <laughs> 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 I can't remember if it was because I was like drunk or I just forgot that Teddy, you know, had uh had done this. Not seen the game. Uh, <laughs> not seen the game yet, but I ruined it for him. It's such an unpleasant one too, because I'm pretty sure it's the game where Liverpool was up and then AC Milan came back. Ouch. Um, yeah, so uh, all right. So that's that. Um, uh, I did want to shout out to, um, we've had a couple of people, uh, come on and obviously Mohamed Salah is having an absolutely bananas good, uh, season, but, um, I wanted to shout out the pundit who came on and said, uh, that he thinks that Mohamed Salah and, um, Lionel Messi are basically the oh, same. Oh. 
it's not just a pundit game. Game. It was Jurgen Klopp who no suggested shit. that he, it was Jurgen Klopp in the post-match interview who suggested that he was on his way to being spoken in the same breath with Messi, which is obviously so fucking stupid. Um, and 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 here's the other stupid thing about it is what does Jurgen Klopp have to gain by uttering those words? Is he just trying to lure Barcelona to come in with a 200 million euro bid and be like, oh, he's going to be the next Messi? Well, we'll take one Mo Salah, please. Yeah, I was just saying, like, this is literally like putting him on a plate for Real Madrid or Barca to just come in and be like, I mean, I think it's more like Madrid would come get him. But like, yeah, to just come in and be like, oh, that's really cool. Like, here's uh, the money that we were thinking of giving to Neymar. But because you said this guy's as good as Messi, maybe we'll take him off your hands. too. Yeah, we'll, we'll instead, take this guy. Whatever. Looks great. So that's yeah. what's so stupid about it. Besides it being like objectively dumb, like he's having a great season. He's scoring a lot of goals. Um, he's young. You too. Know, I mean, like he's, he, he's 25. He's a good player. Um, but like by the time Messi was 25, I think he had already won like what, how many La Ligas, how many yeah, Champions Leagues, yes. se- several of each. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it's a stupid, dumb comparison. Um, it, it's, you know, the, it's most Salah's game actually, I think only really has one similarity to Messi's, which is these kind of slaloming runs that he makes in the box and makes people look really stupid. And then, you know, rifles the ball in the top of the net, like that particular play that he pulls off a lot from the right hand side, you know, that looks kind of messy ish. Um, but there's so much more that Messi does that he doesn't do, be it free kicks, be it distribution, like let's calm down. Yeah. Let's, let's all take an extremely big, uh, sip of, uh, uh, of whatever drink is your choice. But I, I would, I would say that I like him a lot and he does rule. And there is one place where he also is kind of like Messi, And that's in the fact that like, they're both kind of squat and not particularly good looking. That's true. <laughs> they both have kind of scraggly ass nasty beards. Um, I mean, no, no disrespects a lot, but you're not like, you know, you know, uh, I don't know. Paul Pogba is a beautiful looking man. Like that's, that's Egypt is in the world cup, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. Like watching him just kind of waltz bright pie. A lot of like, you know, shitty, whatever national team defenders, like from Panama, Panama or whatever. That's going to be really fun. Yeah. It's going to roll. It's going to roll. Uh, I am really upset that I'm so excited about the, uh, about the world cup, Evan, I gotta tell you, (laughs) I shouldn't be as excited. (laughs) I'm not excited yet. I guess I will. I'm not letting myself be excited yet. It's like literally my favorite thing. (laughs) It's so good, but I'm just so fucking salty. I can't, I cannot help the salt. And it, it just, I'm still in a place where I think about the world cup and then I get sad. I'm both. I'm still in a little bit in that place. I'm extremely excited about it because it's it just there's so much happiness that it brings me to be able to watch these games. And I feel like it's <laughs> it's easier for you because you've got Spain, which you know has always been kind of the first soccer love. Yeah, it's to true. watch. For me, like it, it, for me, the World Cup is the U.S. and the World Cup is super special because it was how I got into soccer in the first place. Like I watched the 2006 and 10 World Cups before I even came close to watching club soccer. Like it was really 2011 or so when I started watching club soccer. Yeah. Um, and so it's going to be really hard for me to watch a world cup without the U S just because it's like, that was, you know, so important to me getting I into bet, the sport. I bet anything we'll find out when we're, because we're probably going to do this show while, while the world cup's going on, but we will find out because um, I think that you're going to turn around. You're going to watch every game. I think <laughs> I, like I, I'm almost, I'm almost sure that you're right, but it's really hard for me to like get pumped for it. Like I haven't read any of the preview pieces. I haven't really been paying attention other than when, you know, people are like other than the diplomatic spat between Russia and Britain, which is hilarious. That rules. Yeah. The, all the pieces about like, Oh, like who are we going to even like send a team now? Like all this stuff. Yeah, and then like, oh, no one from the Royal family is going to go to wow, I really showed <laughs> them. Like, yeah. You got, you got them. You showed country that once executed entire royal family. Right. It's like, yeah, we're not going to send you our, like, uh, uh, you know, shitty, like, failed son, um, second uh, in line to the throne guy that's uh, whatever prince, uh, whatever prince is the one that wore the Nazi costume. I bet he'd fit in really well in Russia, too, but whatever. Yeah, I, I just, it's that all rules. I'm really excited about it. I know we shouldn't be because, like, 
FIFA is terrible. And, you know, what was amazing also is this last week, um, FIFA came out and gave a statement on Russia and on the, you know, the fact that, and we talked about it last week, right, that Russia poisoned some diplomats in England and that, um, uh, uh, that England is retaliating with some of these strange um, World Cup related things. There was all this stuff. So yeah. FIFA came out. Gianni Infantino came out and said, uh, yeah, we don't involve ourselves in politics. <laughs> it must be really difficult for him to say it with a straight face. Like to actually come out and just say, yeah, that's political. We don't do politics here. Rules. We stick to we stick to sports. <laughs> it's <laughs> just like it. Ah, well, well and kind so of on much. the politics and FIFA front, so the U.S. and Mexico-Canada joint bid was submitted along with the Morocco bid. And I think we've alluded to the show a little bit, kind of the stories that Morocco is might be more more serious threat to the joint bid than people thought. But the, so the, the, the joint bid, the North American joint bid, cut down the number of cities to like the final list of like 23 cities that would host games for the World Cup, 17 of which are in the U.S., and the remainder, I think, one or two are in Canada, and the rest are in Mexico. Um, but a couple big cities dropped off the list, including Chicago and I think Vancouver dropped out, um, and Glendale, Arizona. So a few kind of like big cities with big stadiums um, dropped out, and they pretty much said that FIFA was essentially trying to extort completely ridiculous terms. And I was reading some of the terms. They are pretty fucking crazy. Like they were going to demand that Chicago build a temporary dome over Soldier Field. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. They were going to require them to sign a bunch of indemnities that were actually illegal under Illinois law that like would make the city liable for a whole bunch of other stuff that they normally wouldn't be liable for. And apparently like, yeah, apparently it's like completely it's impossible for the city of Chicago to agree to this under Illinois law. And so <laughs> they had all these ridiculous things that are just, you know, and these financial commitments, these tax and legal liabilities they had to take on for FIFA that they pretty much looked around and they're like. Yeah, we can. I think the city of Chicago will be just fine without a World Cup game. Thank you very much. Yeah, and like we also know from like the famous like uh, uh, Jerome Valky, we we know him from obviously our conversation with Ernesto, but also we know him from that famous video where he uh, looked into the camera and uh, just told all of Brazil to go fuck itself because it had passed a law that said you couldn't drink beer in stadiums. And he yeah. said, yeah, no, we will change the law. Like, we're just going to – you must change the law. You must have beer at the – football is uh, – must happen. And they did. They fucking changed the yep. law for FIFA. But they fucking put that law into effect, as we've said on the show previously, because people were murdering each other. Like, there's a good yeah. reason not to have beer at the football games if people are killing each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, this is this is all just highlights how stupid a, a statement is that FIFA doesn't do politics when they're literally, uh, you know, compelling host countries to actually change laws. Like, what is more po political than involving yourself in the legislative decisions of a host country? Um, not, to, you know, that's even more political than you know what we were talking about just second with negotiating with individual cities. But that's still fucking political too. You're still trying to muscle these cities into taking all these actions that would expose you know host city. Uh, citizens to liability and, and taxes, you know, indemnities and all these other things so that FIFA can just print more money and, you know, have it disappear in whatever nonprofit abyss funds step bladders fucking mansions. Uh, they so apparently now we, we have had Chicago, Minneapolis, Vancouver, and I think one other city have all pulled out for basically the same reason as Chicago. Yeah. And instead of commenting on you know the fact that this is happening and the fact that you know one of the reasons these people these cities are leaving is because they don't want to get themselves embroiled with the manifestly corrupt organization, which is you know that's what that is a hundred percent fair. Also, like if you're one really good way to get federal. Uh, like federal FBI agents um, investigating you is by agreeing to host a FIFA, you know, World Cup game because yeah, yeah, if you've done anything shady ever, you probably get thing that shit found out. So like you, I I get why Rahm Emanuel's like, ah, we can't have that in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, so they FIFA instead of commenting on all of that, referred the 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 different reporters who asked about this to a, a document that I have here called. Overview of Government Guarantees and the Government Declaration. Uh, and it is quite intense. Uh, it is... Um, I, I'm just going through right now, like... <laughs> There's, it's amazing um, because the amount that they just are brashly requiring 
the host governments to, you know, take on is is absolutely absurd. Like you, there's entire um, two, no, three, four pages on tax exemptions that are required. Yeah. Full tax exemption for host association, host associations, continental football confederations, and FIBA member associations related to the competition and or competition related events. Yeah. That's just one section of it. Oh my god, oh they have a god. whole they have a chart. They it's have a, a chart. they they have a six-tiered chart oh my god. that shows you all of the people you have to exempt from taxes in order to host a FIFA event. For, it starts with FIFA and all of their subsidiaries, goes to the host association, goes out to FIFA service providers, then out to FIFA contractors, and then finally out to designated individuals. Oh my no god. No taxation or allowances and value in kind. This is amazing. Listen to this part. This this is um, Section 7, Government Guarantee uh, Waiver Indemnification and Other Legal Issues. It says, um, FIFA and FIFA World Cup subsidiaries and other FIFA subsidiaries must not be uh, legally prevented from or limited to exercising any of their contractual rights under the hosting agreement uh, uh, or any other contractual agreements with other stakeholders by virtue of the government guarantees, particularly any claims against or any other legal exposure of FIFA, the 2026 FIFA World Cup, or their subsidiaries, and any other FIFA subsidiaries or other related stakeholders. I, I got to tell you, I wonder whether if they were to sign a agreement like this, it would potentially limit the options that American investigators would have to look at the FIFA, uh, look at some of the books and stuff, Evan. I mean, I would have to imagine that the FBI would scoff at this document. Yes. Like they might they might say, okay, that might mean Chicago's, you know, inspector general has, you know, agreed to <laughs> not get in the way. And that's perfectly fine for him, but we're the FBI and you know, frankly, fuck you. We're gonna we're gonna look at what we want. But I think it would hurt you a lot if you were like a a vendor who got completely fucked by FIFA and you were trying to sue them in like Chicago courts or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course, of course they'd get around all of it. I just, it, it's one of these things that as a lawyer, you have to look at, right. Uh, it, the uh, kind of broader implications, is literally any contract that you sign. Right. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I'm looking at one last one that I wanted to do is, uh, so this is government guarantee number six, which is telecommunications and it. And the last bit is amazing. Um, this must government guarantee number six must be issued regardless of whether the government or any privately owned third party is responsible for the telecom and IT infrastructure in the host country. Uh, in the latter case, the government must issue government guarantee number six and secure the corresponding undertakings and guarantees from the relevant third parties as applicable, which is basically saying you have to give us full access and full rights to di distribute uh, and, and use all of your telecommunications infrastructure, uh, regardless of whether you actually even have the power to do that. <laughs> right. You better, you best figure it out. <laughs> right. Because like, that's, that's what is amazing. Like, if it's privately owned, the like the government can, can't really sign this without already having negotiated with the privately owned telecom company. That's amazing. Yeah. This is so yeah. brash. I, I fucking hate FIFA so much. This is why, I mean, I, I just am angry at myself for being excited about the world cup at all, but it's just so upsetting. <laughs> I mean, could you, so I mean, much. I can imagine that like Putin had no problem just signing this whole shit, you know, <laughs> in a heartbeat because you know, this is just the political world that he operates in. He's like, yeah, it's just like I'm a completely different the, thing. Look at the contracts. Exactly, exactly. Like, who gives a shit? No um, problem. He, was, he was never going to tax, in, you know, anything that you know, giant FIFA made anyway, because he's getting paid off a bajillion dollars. Well, you need new, uh, new roof over Moscow Stadium. Yes, we build. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, uh, God. oh my God! Uh, so, just the la last couple of things. Um, I. I wanted to shout out um, to two, and this is the this is a short show, just because whatever. But I want to shout out two um, awesome things that happened this week. First of all, extremely big um, shout out to James once again, James Rushton, because uh, he got Mark Hamill to respond to a uh, uh, a tweet about Aston Villa. It just rules. It, it it's amazing. It's really, really funny. It rules. And it rules. It's so cool. It's so cool. Uh, fucking Luke Skywalker said he would consider Aston Villa to be his team. 
That's awesome. Yeah, so I mean, I guess what happened was Mark Hamill had picked uh, Wolves, the championship side, you know, Wolfhampton Wanderers, to be his team, which I guess, uh, you know, he was challenged on, <laughs> saying that he had picked, <laughs> picked the wrong team. Which rules, and, also rules. <laughs> and, and which is very funny. And trolling celebrities like this where you're not being mean, but you are ha- poking fun at them, that's always great. Yeah. Uh, it's very also, funny. Also, being mean to that. celebrities is fun, too. It, I, you can be, but they, Twitter gets so mad. No, it's it not about being mean. It's about like making jokes and dunking on. No, them. yeah, like dunking on celebrities is fine. Um, mean venomous tweets are boring. No. They are. This they was, are boring. They're hacky. A very funny tweet. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> he says, "Would it help if you knew? I've never seen a soccer match in my whole life." This is Mark Hamill. I thought they meant the anim- animal when asked if I liked the wolves. Does Aston Villa have a mascot? <laughs> <laughs> that rules. It's that rules. fantastic. <laughs> Someone just asked him if he likes wolves, and he's, he's like, like, "Yeah, man, like I yeah, do. I guess." The weird question. A wolves fan. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I guess I consider myself a fan of wolves, like the good animals. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's strange. Which, like, strange that you'd ask such, me that. That's such a better way of coming to a like a <laughs> European soccer team than most of us American European soccer fans have as a story, though. It's like because they're going to make the Premier League this year, probably, and he he would actually have a good story. He's like, oh, well, funny thing, a reporter was asking me about about my favorite mammal, and I said wolves. The next thing you know, someone's mailed me an orange jersey. <laughs> uh, and I'll also just um, I want to. This is a new f- segment for us, but I want to do a quick um, check in, live check in with the Olympique Marseille Twitter account, which has been continually shut down over and over again over the course of the last couple months for different violations of Twitter rules. Um, <laughs> so just checking in right now, it does seem like they are operating. Uh, but so what? Apparently, what happened this time? The previous time, it's also unclear. Uh, but this time, apparently. Uh, I'm translating because I don't really speak French, but the account um, was suspended for a few, <laughs> for a little bit following complaints of rights holders on a music um, that we put of players arriving at a stadium three months ago. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and so there are a lot of people in at OM um, officiel in their mentions being like, this is all PSG's fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. PSG PSG with their, their big conspiracy to shut down the OM Twitter account. It rules That'll that get they them. would do that. That'll get them. You know, it actually is a conspiracy that I would normally like totally lean in on. Just because like actually if you think about it, like like how would they know like if the only way that you would know if you're like violating some extensive media whatever uh, is if you're a media company and the people that own PSG is the media company that broadcast o- uh, OM's games. Oh, God, that's a good point. So I just for what it's worth, I mean, like I get the conspiracy. I mean, like I, I think it's no chance that that's what's going on. But the French League's a fucking mess. It's a fucking mess. <laughs> we did this whole thing, remember, about how like if, if uh, one of the ways that PSG could evade FFP is by uh, having renegotiating quote unquote yeah. the French league contract. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It rules. I mean, the French league is a goddamn mess though. That rules though. It's really cool. I'm going to keep checking in occasionally with the OM Twitter feed because they're really funny. Uh, and the people that are in their mentions are really funny. And one thing that this like, you know, reading up about the FIFA world cup, this is the way I want to <laughs> go out on this is I get, I went to went in this deep hole. I went from OM to a conspiracy involving like, you know, British people being poisoned, um, with bad beer at the world cup, uh, to finding out that there was a Twitter handle Evan called at Russia. Uh, and I had this thought, I was like, I bet it's really funny to see like what people are saying in the mentions of at Russia. And it is exactly what you'd expect. It's 100% exactly what you'd expect. It rules. Yeah. I would encourage you to go check out the mentions. I'm going to go straight away when we're off the show. (laughs) Uh, so that's basically all I have today. Eva, do you have, um, is there anything else that you wanted to like pop in to say? No, I think we hit all my favorite stuff from the week. All right. Um, yeah, so we are going to do a, a more serious show next week or coming up. I'm still putting together all of the contingent parts um, for that. But 
yeah, we're, we, I still want to talk about the Tehran Darby stuff. Uh, oh, that's bring, right. Yeah, that's good shit. Yeah, and like uh, there are a couple other people I want to bring to talk. I want to talk a little bit to to another MLS person maybe about the uh, CONCACAF Champions League when we bring uh, uh, Kevin back on. So, yeah, just watch this space. Well, you've gotten a couple of our like our original bullshit um, episodes. Uh, I think it's time to give you guys some actual food. This is the dessert episode. <laughs> this is us yeah. making jokes about stupid like soccer Twitter stuff. So, um, yeah, that's uh, sort of what we got planned coming up. Um, all right, buddy. Uh, so I'll talk to you next week. I'll catch you later. Bye. I'd like to start, if I may, with Professor Hawking. How did the universe start? With a big bang? We observed that distant galaxies are moving away from us. They must have been closer together in the past. It was the beginning of the universe and of time itself. Anything that happened before the Big Bang could not affect what happened after. The poetry of the expanding universe, the poetry of the complexity of life. We're not normally equipped to understand, but science gives it. Science is opening your eyes to the wonderfulness of what's there. Science is opening your eyes to the poetry of the expanding universe. To come to you, Carl Sagan. Could you help me by putting into layman's terms what was involved with this Big Bang? The early cosmos was everywhere white hot. But as time passed, the radiation expanded and cooled. Then little pockets of gas began to grow, began to grow steadily brightening. We call them the galaxies. It was the beginning of the universe and of time itself. Anything that happened before the Black Bang could not affect what happened after. The poetry of the expanding universe, the poetry of the complexity of life. We're not normally equipped to understand, and science gives it. In the Big Bang, we had equal amounts of matter and antimatter. And as soon as these met each other, they annihilated together and this battle played out whilst the universe expanded in its first minute of existence and this battle played out whilst the universe expanded in its first minute of existence it's not all that hard to detect the big bang all you need to do is change the channel until you come between two stations. About 1% of the snow and noise comes from the Big Bang itself. We're all eavesdropping on the birth pangs of the cosmos. It was the beginning of the universe and of time itself. And this battle played out. Science is opening your eyes to the poetry of the expanding universe. And this battle played out whilst the universe expanded. In its first minute of existence, it was the beginning of the universe and of time itself. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.